All right, so um, we're here recording Compost Bin of History. Before we get going today and introduce our first ever guest on the show, I have a brief statement I'd like to read for uh, my co-host Jared and all of our listeners. For posterity? Well, this is a, I've titled this Accountability One. Oh, no. (laughs) So uh, we like to have fun here at the Compost Bin of History, but sometimes fun comes at a price. When errors occur, people need to be held accountable. And as we know, the best way to hold people accountable is to have them do it themselves. And that's what I'm (laughs) going to do right now. On a previous episode, I made an error. We had a little bit too much fun discussing Nazis and communists. We got a little sloppy and I accidentally called Jared by his full name, which is of course, Jared Bartholomew Faustus the 13th. Damn, dude, I told you to keep that on the down low. <laughs> oh, I did it again, damn it. <laughs> Shit. Now that, that's a big fuck up, given the subject matter of our show and our esteemed status in the semi-anonymous podcasting community. Jared, we all know how much you value your career. And as I, too, <laughs> have recently found employment, I am increasingly aware that the views and opinions we express could limit our abilities to engage in free enterprise. I never once got express written consent from the from the NFL. <laughs> and, you know, as the most popular environmental history podcast in Oklahoma, it's only a matter of time before this tall tree starts to catch some wind. So, my friend, I want to officially apologize to you and all of our listeners. I'm sorry. Mea culpa. We have some Disclaimer, good things. no. No claims about our popularity in any state should be taken with any <laughs> any level of legal binding stance. <laughs> you know, we have some good things going for us on this podcast, but we are by no means whole or normative people, if you can't tell out there, listener. You know, it, it's true that our personal flaws might be part of our appeal, but for the purposes of our project, I think we need to find a way to express ourselves that's true to our lived experience, but also fair to our lives. Yes, toast to that. So I think if we're going to make this podcast last, we need to start taking things a little bit more seriously. And that's why we have a little bit more serious topic today. Lyme disease is something that affects millions of people around the world. Um, It's a very real threat for lots of Americans. And it's something that deserves to be handled with, you know, utmost professionalism. And that's why we have our first ever guest here to talk with us today. It's Tickman. Welcome, Tick Man. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna use um, disturbed get down with the sickness to introduce you. <laughs> hey, you should go with Brad oh, Hayes. Wow. I like to check you for ticks. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Tick Man, obviously, you're here because you're an expert on Lyme disease. And uh, you, do, do you want to introduce yourself at all? Um, um, talk about I, your dissertation. Well, my dissertation didn't really have anything to do with Lyme disease, but my master's, on the other hand, had uh, had a lot to do with it. We were looking at latitudinal gradients in Lyme disease in the southeastern United States. So the big question was whether uh, or what the reasoning was behind the fact that you have a very little Lyme disease in the mm-hmm. Southeast and quite a bit of it once you get up to the Northeast. 
Well, I think, um, I think that's very interesting. And, you know, I've got some notes here. And I think that since you're an expert and Jared is also scientifically trained, that um, I'm just going to go through what I have and I want you guys to kind of jump in and, you know, help fill in the gaps. Okay. Sounds All right. good. All right. So the first thing to understand about Lyme disease is that limes are actually a hybrid of several different citrus species. Because yeah, they're, the ci- just, they're just called lemons if you go to Mexico. Right. Because <laughs> the citrus genus is actually a really soft genus in that there's lots of hybridization that occurs within citrus. And in fact, most economic citrus, oranges, lemons, limes, are actually hybrids of different naturally occurring citrus species. So if we're going to talk about limes, I feel like we got to get talk about what a lime really is, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's like you, the it's like the broccoli of the citrus family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tick man, do you want to do you want to comment on that at all? Oh, I mean, <laughs> the, the the only thing I can tell you, James, is don't say Lyme's disease, or, or you're going to have people turning their head at you, giving you a weird look. <laughs> I, I mean, or, it's Lyme, Connecticut. Come on, man. Well, I, that's what I've got. I've got four pages of notes here on Lyme disease. Totally. See, I thought we were going to be talking about the type of Lyme you got to get if you, like, accidentally kill somebody. I, I thought we were going to talk about mixing Lyme with Corona, you know? <laughs> also something worth our time, I think. Was this whole podcast just a setup to lure Tickman into the most elaborate pun ever? That'd be a great pun. <laughs> I would definitely not expect that out of either of you. <laughs> so since we're talking about the genus that contains citrus, I think we should maybe, I think a lot of our listeners might not know what a genus is. So we should probably at least say like, what, what is a genus? What's a genera? Oh, if you got to have good ones, then you can be part of the Nazi project, right? <laughs> so if, you gotta, if you got a good genus. Well, uh, a <laughs> genus is, is like part of a scientific name. You know, like uh, humans are homo sapiens. Our genus is genus homo. We're all homos. You yeah. heard it here first. Yeah, we're all homos. And we used to have like another member of the genus, homo neanderthalensis, the neanderthals. Mm-hmm. Now the only living one is Ozzy Osbourne. I was going to say, uh, my beautiful co-host Jared, with your red hair and your poor leg circulation. <laughs> Those are both classic Neanderthal traits. So are, are we sure that... the downfall that, of my family since I can remember. <laughs> are, are, are we sure that Neanderthalus is extinct? Because, you know, there have been some actions by people in the previous few months that... Uh... <laughs> uh, come on now, you know there's no such thing as being like... A... <laughs> well, I, I, no, I think that's a, that's a great point because we're talking about how flexible the, the species are within the citrus genus. And Neanderthals did interbreed with humans, yep. and we have some totally. of their DNA. Right. Most most people have at least a, a small bit of Neanderthalus uh, DNA. I mean, one of the reasons why they said that Neanderthalus went extinct is just because it was uh, crossbreeding with right. sapiens. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's really... Uh, yeah, they live on. You'd wonder what would happen if you got, uh, I guess, crosses between people with more neanderthalus dna more neanderthalus dna you get them together well who knows what could happen yeah yeah like i said some nazi shit (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, and I, j- I think that's just a good good thing to point out that, you know, when we think about what is a species, like, we try Nobody to say... Nobody knows, oh, it's, actually. Exactly. It's, you know, a pretty flexible <laughs> thing given The given concept of species of interbreeding is supposed to be against the concept of a species, so... Like. Well, well, the whole species definition is in itself controversial, right. and people are going to argue no matter what you say, um, that there's people who are going to have different views on what a species is some yeah. people are going to tell you that different uh phenotypes of the <laughs> homo sapiens right species are different species right yeah, yeah. yep <laughs> now and and so but that kind of falls apart when we look at uh just a lot of our agricultural crops because limes are actually uh, about 15 different varieties of trees that are all mixes of different citrus, like the the citron, the pomelo, the mandarin orange, and the micrantha. Some cross of those four uh, species is usually how you get to a lime. And uh, before we get into lime disease, I thought we'd just talk a little bit about the agricultural history of the lime. So, uh, you know, we talked about sugarcane on our last episode. This is from mm-hmm. the same agricultural center of origin in Southeast Asia. Uh, uh, tick That's man, what I was going to ask because people uh, associate limes with like South America, I feel like. No, that that's true. Um, and but that's it's because it's been such a useful uh, species for so long. And um, I was going to say, uh, tick man, did you have a chance to listen to our, our most recent episode? on cottonwood and sugarcane i actually i actually have not gotten a chance to listen to it i think i listened to like 10 or 15 minutes but i have not listened to the whole thing all right that's fine uh we'll we'll keep you on anyway (laughs) yeah this is for your your expertise i understand you're new here but we do have standards (laughs) (laughs) it's lucky you know so much about limes and the diseases of limes (laughs) Uh, well, yeah, so this is from that same center of origin. And, you know, it's interesting because um, this has been a species or uh, citrus has kind of like followed humans around the world in, a, in many ways because humans, like all of our ape relatives, can't manufacture vitamin C with our own bodies. And so we have kind of been a, like we've kind of followed citrus around the world in a way. And, um, there were other citrus species growing in the new world, but as soon as people came over from the old world, they definitely brought limes with them. And so, yeah, now it's associated like a lot of old world plants with, you know, Latin American cooking. But then you think about all those Latin American plants, like the tomato that now are totally associated with like Italian cooking, right? Totally. And that's just all an effect of the Colombian exchange. Well, I thought tomatoes were from Africa, I guess. (laughs) Uh, no, New World plant, I believe. Yeah, New World I believe plant. so, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, one of the cool historical things about limes is how during the height of British imperialism in the 1800s, all members of the Royal Navy were issued a daily allowance of lime juice. And that's why they oh, were yeah. called limeys. Really? Yeah. I did not- that's, That's awesome. That isn't just like an Irish thing? No. All right. No. It's it's because of 
Nape, it's yeah, it was actually a closely guarded military secret. Because, and again, that has to do with scurvy. When you don't have access to vitamin C for a long time, that's a building block in collagen. And since we can't make it with our own bodies, we have to get it externally. And so if you don't have access to vitamin C, your collagen starts to break down and not be able to replace itself. One of the first things you see with that is bleeding gums. And uh, when you're sailing around the world for, you know, three months at a time at sea. Those same fuckers definitely had gingivitis too, so they were just some bleeding. <laughs> they were just some bleeding gum motherfuckers, aren't they? I know we're recording this on Valentine's Day. Those guys, <laughs> you would not want to, you not would not want to kiss one of those sailors. Right? Probably so, not. So, you probably so wouldn't Jared, have a choice though. Jared, one question: Is it is yeah. it true that you don't have gingivitis? What what you get instead is gingivitis? Totally. <laughs> Every day of my life, I'm a pro. Good, good. <laughs> so yeah, um, they, the English figured that out like in the 1700s, and they they actually like kept it to themselves because it was a competitive <laughs> advantage. Of they course, had. they did. They were like, "Let those, those Spaniards fucking... die of scurvy at sea." Oh, <laughs> uh, those English cunts! Just letting everyone else get scurvy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why they're called limeys. And that's also why that's also why intellectual property shouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I think I think it's interesting when we look at scurvy because we have to consider that you know limes can themselves be used to cure disease. They can also be subject to disease, and interestingly, they can also be an agent of disease. Right. Limes Wait. can cause disease. What? Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff about Lyme disease, right? Yeah. I don't know what's happening at this point. <laughs> well, we'll think of it this way, Jared. Uh, everything in moderation, even moderation. So you could technically everything the light touches is disease Lyme disease. <laughs> so so, so the, the real question is this what is disease? And, and it's that definition of disease. That That's actually the next thing I have. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you take over then, James. Look, look start... at Tick Man being a Jared. Are we going to start <laughs> talking about alcoholism pretty soon here? <laughs> so, yeah, what is disease? Disease is any abnormal condition that is not due to immediate physical injury. So, getting, you know, a cut from a knife, that's not disease. But if the cut gets infected, that's disease. Okay. So, so what about if you're in an environment, James, and you are not comfortable because, say, there are a lot of mosquitoes around? So, disease is like considered disease. That's mm. that's a really important point. And uh, in a lot of, it's like an ailment that isn't also the vector of the ailment. Well, so 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 my. My interpretation is that disease is anything that can cause somebody dis-ease, something that can put somebody at ah. at unease. And, okay. and it's true because anything that can that can do that, it can lower your whether it be your uh, your physical health, whether it be your mental health, it's still a, a disease, right? I, I I see what you're saying. It seems like we maybe should add one category to the four main categories of disease. Because what we have are infectious disease, deficiency disease, hereditary disease, and physiological disease. 
Okay. But what I'm getting from Tickman is that maybe there should be an additional category for like, you know, um, maybe like a, a, soci- a sociological or an anxiety disease, you know, something which, you know, gives you dis- dis-ease, but that is related to like uh, neurological mechanisms external to the body. Right. So even even issues. So so where you have psychosis, for instance, is that technically a, a disease? Um, it's very interesting. I would so, say probably. Right. Well, right. It, so, so it totally only has to do with the chemistry in that individual's brain, though. There's not any outside force there. Right. What are you talking about? Are you trying to invalidate an entire school of study? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to invalidate. Anything. I'm just playing devil. I might. I might want you to. <laughs> well, well, let's look at the four. Norm, normative categories of disease. Uh, what, the first being infectious disease, where there is some type of external agent that is directly acting upon the body uh, that is not like, you know, um, physical injury, but is rather, you know, an infection like chlamydia. Well, it's even, like another, it's another organism. Right? right. Another organism. COVID-19 is an example yeah. with the virus. Like know. another, any infectious disease is going to be an organism, right? Right. Um. Uh, what do you think, Tick Man? Um, I I think that that's a, a very good definition in in one sense. Um, okay. Well, and then deficiency disease disease. We already talked about an example of that with scurvy, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when we actually look at Lyme disease, we're going to see that uh, limes are like all plants are subject to a whole host of deficiency diseases, right? Because they need to have micronutrients, and if they're not fed properly, you can see a lot of deficiency in your limes, which totally. would be a Lyme disease. Yeah, or like the four-for-one limes you can get at Hy-Vee. Right, right. <laughs> well, actually, um, our next one, hereditary disease, something like alcoholism, there's right. a strong argument for that being a hereditary disease. Correct. Yeah, see, they always say that, but I don't know, man. You sure well, it's not just like the effect of growing up around a bunch of alcoholics? I disagree. Think about Native Americans. I mean, Native Americans are they're they're definitely more apt to alcoholism than uh say, say uh, the Caucasian. And and there's definitely been evidence of that in the past. But I think so, what Jared is saying is still stands, though, that yeah, that I don't, could I don't be a know. product of adverse environmental conditions and kind of yeah. like a, an adaptive condition for alcoholism that Plus, then like, kind of creates cycles of violence that, that you know, replicate it. Yeah. Plus, like, you know, how many Native Americans are they studying that didn't have, like, their entire family wiped out four generations ago? Well, um... And, and again, I think this actually highlights what Tickman said earlier, that trying to categorize disease is a fraught yeah. proposition. Because when you look at things like epigenetics, you know, um, which combine like trauma and the methylation of DNA and chromosomes with hereditary genetics. And I mean, there's a lot of. Well, what we do on our show is we're always trying to show how many different threads get woven together. When we try and, you know, build a holistic understanding of something like disease, right? That it's hard to just say it's only because of, you know, upbringing or genetics or what have you. Although with some things. (laughs) Disease is like a term that is like looking for things that uh, conform to to it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, like things calling... like sickle cell anemia and cystic fibrosis right. definitely are hereditary diseases because they're linked directly to like allelic makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like grouping drugs together because this is thing we call drugs. They're right. like all pretty individually different and they operate on your body completely differently. Right. And then, so a huge category of diseases are the physiological diseases. And this would be another thing. You could kind of say that alcoholism might also fit in with physiological diseases because it, um, yeah, it, it is a, a non-normative response on the part of the body to, you know, some environmental stimulus. Uh, more, more common examples would be like asthma or diabetes um, or even like uh, um, Crohn's disease, physiological disease. Yeah, but you know, it's like if you grow up in a family that is prone to diabetes, you probably had a little higher chance of getting it anyway. But if you also like live in the culture of these people that all have diabetes, you're probably going to be more apt to get it. I mean, you know... Uh, Tickman, you talked about alcoholism in Native American communities. Diabetes in like rural white communities is very similar in that mm-hmm. it also. Oh, dude, that's that's my entire dad's side of the family. I mean, They're all built like me and have diabetes. Well, and, right, and it but... operates on the same like sick cycle of cultural um, violence, I would say. But in in the realm of like food and you know like uh, body dysmorphia. Right. So so the only thing that I would add to that is that it's a matter of nutrition. And a lot of people make a big deal out of nutrition. While a, a lot of people in these lower, I, I, I guess, lower, uh, lower classes will go and they'll buy their food at the dollar store. And it might be Twinkies, it might be this, it might be yeah. that. Yeah. And they're, they're not getting the level of nutrition that they need. So while they're eating and they're full, they're it almost not is like Tickman is a listener of this show. He's giving <laughs> us a classist uh, understanding yeah. of uh, of like economic considerations for people. <laughs> that's not yeah, that's not going to fly. Maybe you're <laughs> eating extremely like nutrient dense foods. You're just eating a shit ton of it, right? <laughs> right. Whereas Every single day, if people go out camping and it's somewhere they're they're uh, burning a whole lot of calories. They're eating like fish fat and they're able to burn all of that in one day. So you're still getting the nutrients that you need as opposed to in one tablespoon, you're getting as much nutrients as you would eating yeah, two boxes of Twinkies right. or something. So it's, it's a well, very not even Twinkies, you know, what if you're just what if you're just eating like the equivalent of like three and a half potatoes every day? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Every day of my childhood, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about myself like usual, but yeah, totally. Like Carbo every, I had French fries with like every lunch. And then at dinner, it was always some form of potato with meat. Oh yeah, dude. You know, and maybe dude, a hash, vegetable. Hash browns for breakfast, mashed potatoes for lunch, baked potato for dinner, mm-hmm. dude. So, so, so know, I got to throw a little broccoli guys. on there and cheese. So it's a little more healthy before you go to bed. So, so if I didn't know you guys, just, just hearing that, I would say you guys were from the Midwest. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, 100%. <laughs> well, I want to give you guys the disease that's caused by limes. This is caused by lime exposure. It's called phytophotodermatitis. Oh, shit. This is also known as the quote-unquote other Lyme disease. 
because okay. it's actually a skin eruption occurring after exposure to lime juice. And then that's followed by UV light. That is what causes phytophotodermatitis. Oh, shit. So all the people picking these limes are just lousy with the stuff. Uh, pro- well, this is more well known from uh, beach vacationers because people will. So this is a type of a class of chemical called the furocumarin which is present in limes and lemons, but also celery, interestingly. Okay. So this is called, mostly known as margarita rash. Because people right. like get some margarita juice on them. <laughs> that and then they're in the sun. Like the whitest of white people problems, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I was, I was lounging around and got margarita rash. There's a huge so, body of literature about this. <laughs> so, so just out of curiosity... How does this get back to linguistics? You're, you're saying phyto phyto what? So it's phytophotodermatitis. It's okay. plant light skin. Plant rash. light skin. Interesting. Yeah. It's so cool the way that they actually have Latin descriptions in the yeah. names of, of things like disease or, or whatever it be. Whatever. Right. Anytime you see phyto, that's referring to plants. Anytime right. you see photo, it's referring to light. Right. And so that's the referring to the interaction of this uh, plant-generated chemical with UV light that causes skin inflammation. Mm-hmm. All right, but I know what we all came here I for. I mean, okay, well, uh, how bad is this, though? Is this like poison ivy for the tropics? Or? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, apparently it, it is kind of tantamount to like a poison ivy. It's not... Uniform. So it's no big deal. Well, it's not a huge deal. You want the like other Lyme disease it. is a way bigger deal. You want to switch to beer and then hold the beer on the rash. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well yeah, I'm but chalk the... this up to sometimes your skin just acts weird. But you're right. The other Lyme disease is a bigger deal, given that limes are an extremely economically important, you know, crop that are now produced around the world. So we all came here to actually learn about the diseases of limes. So There's a guy let's growing limes about, in Nebraska. Well, and that's the thing is that people might think this is only relevant for, you know, people like Tickman down there in Florida, but actually oh, yeah. you can grow limes indoors. Lime disease, like most things, are coming for you. You can't <laughs> even hide. Yeah. Can't even hide in in Canada. It's still uh, yeah. gonna come for you. If you have a winter lime in your house. <laughs> I mean No, winter is not coming, that's the problem. <laughs> Well, not here in Florida, but I mean, where That's you guys true. are, no, it's actually definitely. It's coming. actually like, it's actually like negative fifteen degrees outside right now yeah. where I'm at. The low tonight is like negative twenty-seven. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Man, uh, what is it down in in Florida where you're at? Fahrenheit. Oh, geez, let, let me let me look that up. It what? So, oh God, I'm at negative <laughs> six. Jeez, it's um, gonna be like sixty-three degrees. 63. Oh my god, <laughs> Six, you know sixty-three many, degrees. Now, now mind you, know how many months it, it's gonna take for it to be sixty-three? Right? <laughs> it, it, it was raining all day, and it, okay. it, it was you got cold in the rain. But so sixty-three degrees in Florida is not sixty-three degrees in other places. You have to recall that that there's higher humidity in some of these places. So even though it's Florida's degrees, like super you've got that a little bit of um of a chill okay. due to uh, due to humidity. Wow, sixty three. 
Sounds mm-hmm. chilling. Sounds sounds very chilly. <laughs> <laughs> I walked outside to my pickup this morning in my shorts and a t-shirt, and it was a it was a mistake. Yeah, I assume so. <laughs> it was a mistake, dude. <laughs> Usually, I'm good. Like as long as it's like five degrees, mm-hmm. shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Get outside, start the pickup, right back indoors, like 35 seconds. When I've been walking my dog, <laughs> his, like, balls are, like, way up in there. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh, the real man. question for you, Jared, is why don't you just get an automatic start for your truck? Bro, it's not that, that shit costs money. Are you kidding me? It doesn't cost that much. Come on, it's, like, 60 bucks. Dude, it's more than $60. And even well, if it and is then 60 gotta, bucks, like, if you like, park I it need outside. to just... I need to get my happy ass up and go outside and start the truck if I want to start the truck. Some things some things in life don't need to be easy. I guess is the way I see it. All right. So with Lyme disease, as with most disease, the key to treatment is really about prevention. Right? All right. Correct. I mean the key to pretty much anything is prevention. Right. Hey, tell right. that to our government. Yeah, well, it's it's always so much easier just to not get into shit than to have to deal with getting into some shit. Well, the the whole always idea of prophylaxis is really difficult for for a lot of people to grasp. I'm not just saying the government; people in general have a hard time with prophylaxis. There's oh, a lot I do of anti condom use. There's a lot of anti condom sentiment out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I why I need to. I have very little self-control, so I need to design a world for myself where I have very little chance of fucking up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, to not fuck up with your limes, you want to make sure that they're in a well-drained soil because you don't they don't want to have their feet wet. You want to have that, that water get off of their roots. Right. Okay? And that's whether it's in a pot or in your yard. Um, but if you're growing this in your yard, you got to be zones like nine or warmer. So really we're talking like California coastal areas, you know, or you got to have a lot of plastic or you got to have them in a greenhouse or something, Mm. but you can grow these indoors. There's lots of cultivars that you can, there are like dwarf varieties. You can put them like outside for like seven months and then bring them inside. Exactly. Yep. We've actually had one that our tree produced, and we were really excited about it. Hell well, this yeah. is why I asked you to come on the show, Tickman. Is it a young tree? It, it is a young tree. We we got it about a year ago, and it put one on within within a year and a half. So, lime expert, really good. yeah, very nice. He's he's a producer. <laughs> now, if only the oranges would start to give, then I'd be very happy. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I'd be so happy if I just had a bunch of fruit trees in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. Uh, you want your limes in full sun. Um, and during the, the, the growing season, you want to water them about once a week. And if you're going to keep them in a pot, you need to increase that pot size maybe every few years and put some fresh soil in there. Or if you don't want to increase your pot size, you got to take it out, trim back the root ball, trim back the plant, repot it with fresh soil. And that should prevent a lot of those deficiency diseases that we mentioned earlier. All right, so uh, let's just hit on a few of the big ones that people, I mean, our listeners could be out there dealing with right now. We have a lot of listeners in California, Florida, Texas, you know, and people could be growing indoor limes 
you know, any number oh, of Oh, I places. thought you were saying they're lousy with disease. I was going to say I knew it. You guys are all diseased, <laughs> aren't you? Every last one of you. So, and, you know, Jared, a lot of these diseases we're going to talk about occur on other plants as well, especially fruit trees, which I know is right. an area of interest and concern for you. Definitely. Yeah. So we got fungal problems and like canker issues and stuff. Well, let's kick it off with that. The the phytophthora fungus, <laughs> which Phytotera, causes the yeah. ground plant fungus. Uh, that's right. Yeah. It causes root rot and trunk cankers. And basically, if you get like a little nick on a on a tree um, close to the, the root ball, and this happens a lot because people tend to plant trees too, too deep. And this is, happens a lot with uh, fruit trees where you actually want the top of the crown where the, the it starts to bulge out to be about an inch above the, the soil level. And a lot of people put it below soil level, and that's how you're going to get these types of problems if you plant your, your trees too deep. But yeah, someone's like running a weed whacker around the tree, they nick it, and that's a point of infection for that fungus that then causes the, the, the trunk to basically rot from the inside out. Um. So again, it's prevention, you know. Uh, we also have armillaria root rot. Oh, hey, honey mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. It, they put up these mushrooms at the end yeah. of the season after they've spent all year killing the plant. Yeah. Right. Um, that's also called oak root fungus. Apparently, it's a big problem in citrus-producing regions in California. Oak root? What, does like an oak have something to do with the life cycle of that? Yeah, they tend to hang around in like uh, wet river draws and stuff like that. And so that's one where it's like if the tree's infected, basically it's got to go. You yeah. really can't can't control that. With uh, with Phytophthora fungus, you can kind of trim out infected areas to an extent. But with Armillaria root rot, you can't even plant in the same areas. If, well, if how do you, got yeah, how do you trim roots? Um, with like that in the one. Wild. Basically, you have to like dig out the whole plant, yeah, and trying to remove all the tissue because uh, it can hang around even in dead wood tissue in the area and then reinfect up to years later. Oh, I would plants. imagine, yeah. Honey yeah. mushrooms are like some of the most resilient. So, is is the mushroom edible? The honey mushroom, armoria, yeah. If you prepare them correctly, okay. Uh, this year, I made a duxel out of some, and uh, also just like cooked them up you just have to cook them really well yeah um they're listed in a lot of places as like inedible but okay they, um, uh, they're edible and pretty delicious if you know what you're doing all right not a beginner mushroom so if okay. you stumble upon some honey mushrooms they have some toxic lookalikes so just make damn sure you know what you're looking at before you try to eat anything yeah you want to find an authoritative guidebook or reference and yeah. you want to make sure that don't uh, eat any mushroom unless you and someone that knows more than you are really sure that it is what you think it is. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't so, just so, give a good guess when it comes to eating mushrooms. So I grew up in a part of the country that was very, um, let, let's say, very agriculture, a very small town. And uh, yeah. there, there were lots of cattle in the in this region. Oh yeah, you grew yeah. up in the boonies, and there was fucking magic mushrooms everywhere. <laughs> right, and I was actually approached to uh, harvest these mushrooms. 
four people. Uh, of, of course, of course dude. I said no, but it, some hippies it, it, asked me that when I was like fucking comments. thirteen. They came walking out into the fucking cow yard and was like, "Do you know what this is?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's cow shit." And they were like, "No, do you know what's growing out of there?" It's like, I don't know. It's fucking mushrooms. Why would I be looking at my cow shit? And like, yeah, they fucking wanted some magic mushrooms. So are there other mushrooms that grow out of cow patties that, that you would have to really be worried about uh, just out of curiosity? Um, well, you know what? I don't know the answer to that exactly, huh. but it would it would definitely fall in like the LBM category, probably. Little brown mushroom. So, <laughs> um, like I said, just uh, make damn sure that you find an authoritative yes. key and know how to use a microscope and yeah. figure it out like hey, if it's you a good have... way to get into science yeah <laughs> totally like if you can train yourself to know what you're looking at which is not the easiest thing to do but if you can train yourself to look at things under the microscope and identify like right spore morphology and all that kind of stuff but um, how many people are actually gonna have a microscope well how much of this can you do with a magnifying glass which all right is much more well i am people. recommending that people have this microscope that i do not have <laughs> well spore so, prints can get you quite a ways and you can do that without any kind of yeah. or anything yeah um hand lenses for plants you can do most of your plant identification just with right. a hand lens at most um, they definitely come in handy yeah um, right that that will not work for ticks for ticks you definitely need a microscope when you're when you're dealing yeah. with immatures I feel like you can find, um, if you know where to look, like with uh, eBay and stuff, you can find like old school microscopes and dissecting microscopes totally. sometimes. Like you can acquire a microscope. New ones are fucking one, expensive. Don't get me wrong. But, like a compound light microscope. Microscope oh, is yeah. very expensive. but Totally. Right. But all you really need is a, is a decent dissecting microscope. Right. And you can usually get one of those for maybe five 500 bucks-ish for for... A decent one. I mean, depending oh on shit, what dude! You're I, f- I saw one at a thrift store a couple weeks ago that would have definitely been serviceable for right. like forty-five bucks. Oh wow, that's really good. That you came with like slides up. and yeah, I'm kind of okay. kicking myself that I didn't. Oh man. Um, <laughs> but they're out there. You know, you can get them. Hmm. But then I gotta like actually use it. And <laughs> I'm kind of too lazy for that. So like, right. I don't know. But I the just, deal, the deals I just exist, stick though. to what I know right now. <laughs> yeah, well, we've been talking about getting one for actually for a while. But like all the ones that we look at, you can't get them for under like $1,000. I got to bring right, us back just, on the topic. We're just drilling <laughs> over microscopes right I now. I know everyone out there wants to learn more about Lyme disease. Okay. Everyone's very concerned. We need to get back to Lyme disease. Right, we're I'm going to take about... a bathroom break real quick. All right. All right. We'll pause. We'll pause. <laughs> Yeah, I've just got a few more, um, a few more uh, Lyme diseases, tick man, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna pick you and Jared's brain. I'm gonna give you guys some more general interest topics to run with. Sounds good. Yeah. By the way, the only reason I made this podcast was to get you in the most intricate pun. <laughs> Don't yep. tell Jared because he he thinks that I did this as like a project with him. Mm-hmm. No. I'm going to mix up some more alcohol. Dude, check this shit out. All right. So it's cold as fuck here, right? Yep. Uh, and I got some sodas that aren't quite cold, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I also got like a fucking freezer in my room right now. 
<laughs> so, so how cold is it over there? Uh, right now? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I'm at negative six. Jeez. Lyme disease, also recognized as the great imitator. Whoops. Let's see. Sioux City, Iowa, negative 14 right now. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. Breaking news. There's a historic winter invasion. Yeah, <laughs> what the invasion. fuck? What so is going they- on at the Weather Channel? Right, so it shows negative four where I'm from in New Mexico. Okay. Damn, that's super cold for New Mexico, isn't it? Uh, it, it's cold, but it's not that cold. Oh, wait, you know what? That's stupid, because the only time I've ever been in New Mexico, I'm pretty sure I went to Albuquerque, and it was <laughs> there was like a blizzard. Yeah, Albuquerque doesn't get much snow, but I'm, I'm from around a, a little over 7,000 feet elevation. I think it was Albuquerque. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. We were so high up. Like so much higher than I was used to being that. Right. It was pretty crazy. Okay. Me and my brother went down there in his diesel pickup to do some redneck shit, <laughs> and uh, I, his pickup was all like made redneck awesome, but also was like kind of unreliable because of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something happened. We broke down and had to sleep at some fucking uh, like rest stop oh. on the side of the road. I think it was by Albuquerque. And yeah, it got down to like 17 degrees and was a blizzard that night. We almost like froze to death in this pickup. Because <laughs> we were just like young and broke and like had no idea what to do. Yep, that, that sounds like New Mexico. It'll go from 70 degrees one day to 20 degrees the next. I mean, yep. you, you have these huge temperature swings. Yep, we even used like redneck logic to decide how we were going to pack because... I was like, well, I don't, you know, what's it like in New Mexico? We're going to fucking haul this like old pickup back for some guy. And my brother was like, I mean, it's got Mexico in the name. It's got to be warm, right? <laughs> and that's, and that's what, that's why we didn't have anything besides like shorts and t shirts. <laughs> and that was like March, I'm pretty sure. Lessons learned. All right, mm-hmm. I'm dragging it back. I'm dragging it back. Bugs Bunny tried to warn me. It's Lyme disease, guys. Guys, <laughs> Lyme disease, okay? Come on. Lyme disease. All right, so the next Lyme disease we're going to talk about is black sooty mold. Now, this is actually a secondary disease caused after aphid infestation. Because okay. you get you get aphids on your plants. They, they basically, like, suck out, you know, food from the cells. And then they, they shit all over everything. And one thing that they, they leave behind is this stuff called honeydew, which is like this sweet, sticky substance. And uh, then that will grow a secondary fungal infection of black sooty mold that can cause further damage to the leaf. Damn, so it's like the corn smut of yeah. like Lyme diseases? Exactly. It's like That's the right. corn smut of the microscopic world? Mm-hmm. Cause like, except the, corn smut is also the same thing, right? I mean, it's microscopic. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, so the ants are like raising mm. these aphids, which is the corn plant, right? And then like the corn plant grows the ear of corn, and then the ear of corn grows the corn smut. This is like, I see what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now this is a problem, though. You don't want that because it can disfigure the plant. 
So you want to spray the foliage to dislodge the aphids or use a uh, mild insecticidal soap. You know, I always I always go with neem oil. I like neem oil for, for nah. anti-insecticides. What you want to do is attract a shit ton of ladybugs. Ladybugs <laughs> will help you out for sure. Yeah, that's a biological control. The best kind. Mm-hmm. Although the only ladybugs kind. are a huge problem like, in places like South Dakota where uh, they just completely swarm. So no, you wanna... those are Japanese beetles. Mm, they're still a type of ladybird beetle, therefore... Well, it's not the native kind that only eats aphids and is awesome. Exactly, natives. If you go the native route, then you're really doing well. But a lot totally. of these places do not. And Dude, it is so... It is so uncomfortable trying to teach children in South Dakota about invasive species <laughs> in like classrooms that have Native American children in them. All right, so our next one is <laughs> anthracnose, which is another fungal disease caused by caused by Coletotrichium or Coletotrichum fungi. And Sounds that one, like something about spiders. Uh, well, it does. It, it unlike our earlier fungal disease this attacks the twigs and leaves and can actually also infect the fruit and um this is like causes leaf cankers you know like you can have cankers on the trunk of the tree you can also have them on leaves and a main the main reason that that happens is because you're getting the leaves are too wet there's not enough air circulation sometimes trees are planted too close together and so that can that can lead to anthracnose. And then the last one I'll throw out here. This is one that is of uh, basically you know the emerald ash borer. You guys have heard of the emerald ash borer. Big problem for ash not trees. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're it's still, a little too cold. We're still not afflicted here. Uh, yeah, it gets slightly too cold right where you're at, Jared, but. Out here in Colorado, we've got well, the actually, ash borer they're now. north of us. Yeah, they're in Sioux Falls. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> they're not they're not officially here yet. Somehow, well, there's a very similar uh, lep- lepidopteran fly that also does a, the, basically the same thing to citrus trees, called the Asian citrus psyllid. P s y l l i d. Tick man, you know your insects. So did I say that right? Psyllid. Honestly, I'm not sure. I, I didn't get a degree in entomology, so I can't really say that. Okay, all right, you're off the hook then. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is a sap sucker that feeds on leaves and then causes a secondary bacterial infection that can also then lead to black sooty mold. And uh, this is like an an incoming and in, like invasion, to use your words, Jared. Um, <laughs> and My so words. If you see on your citrus trees like yellowing leaf veins or if the leaves are kind of yellowing but in an asymmetrical pattern, like they're yellowing on one side first and then the other. It means that that your tree has been producing some really great consumer goods for like 50 years. (laughs) It means that your tree might have this uh, new infestation and you want to call your county extension agent if you see Oh, damn. Yeah. Because they're going to come out there with a flamethrower and torture your citrus tree if they find the the Asian citrus psyllid on it. <laughs> or if you live in the right county in the U.S., you just tell your extension officer <laughs> that there's some Asians in your backyard and they might show up with a flamethrower. 
Well, I was going to say, for some county extensions, if you tell them that you saw, like, in, you know, a musk thistle in this strip of plants somewhere, they'll just go out there with, you know, glyphosate and just, like, torch the whole thing. Oh, um, yeah. Um, they're county extension agents, notoriously bad plant identifiers. Um, some of them. Some are, some are pretty good. But there's a lot of, like, stories of people, like, you know, having the whole field of their alfalfa get sprayed because they thought it was, like, you know an invasive uh what? species they thought it was milk fetch yeah or something like that right it, you better it, not tell it, me they happened. thought it was thistle i could see yeah. a milk fetch maybe yeah but come on <laughs> alfalfa is so easy to identify <laughs> now uh there are a lot of other lyme diseases but those are the main ones that you know people typically see in you know the home horticultural setting and uh because this know. is a this is a gardening podcast, Lauren. I don't know if you. <laughs> uh, t- we talk about plants here. Do you want to well, talk about I, any I, other Lyme disease? I didn't know that this was going to be that type of Lyme disease. I I oh, was there another type of Lyme disease? Oh, it's it just I versus Y. It's, it's kind of a big deal, but you know. Well, just, you already told well, us on, you don't have an second. entomology degree, so it obviously doesn't have anything to do with insects. Let me well, look up obviously this. Obviously, a tick isn't an insect. It, it, well, that's I'm setting you up, man. So wait, well, it's we got, L- a, we got an eight-legged M E. Hold on, yeah. Wait. Oh, it's a new thing, like disease. you know. Yeah, yes. it's like a newer one. You know how like. Girls these days replace eyes with Ys. Right. Well, Tick Man, I really, I must have really misread your thesis. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Will you come back on the show sometime and actually talk about LYME disease? <laughs> that, that would be much. Uh, that, I, that would be much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I do have a few general topics that uh, I just want to, you know, because we're we're a, we're a podcast, you know, things happen out there in the world, and I feel like we need to st- stay up to date with them. And I know that I've got two National Football League fans here with me right now, whereas I'm a college football fan. I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, the I mean, COVID-19 I like, season. I don't like watch much sports at all anymore, but you're right. a fan, though. All right, so time I mean, out. Be- before we move on from yes. all these fungal diseases of plants, I just want to make one point. Okay. It's- we are going to talk about the cowboys. No, 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 no. That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, I gonna- okay. I thought that was... No, we will talk about the cowboys. <laughs> I was going to say, this has been a podcast mainly about fungus. <laughs> and you know, it just makes sense for you two who are just a couple of fun guys. Oh, we're both fun guys. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, like last week, I was not a fun guy. (laughs) Not at all. Oh, no. All right. So, yeah, obviously we wrapped up the NFL season. Um, I'm more of a, you know, college football guy. I have some thoughts on that. But I thought maybe I'd kick it over to you two to kind of reflect on the COVID-19 season, maybe the Super Bowl your own teams of interest. And also, I also wanted to talk a little bit about Tom Brady because I think it's interesting when we look at Tom, Tom Brady terrific as a historical subject, right? Because it's kind of like how sometimes people are both good and lucky. I think Dude, that's he's, Tom Brady. He's the bionic man. But he's lucky though, right? Like well, of he's course he's lucky. Good. I mean, he's pretty good though. 
So, being that I'm in Florida now, I've heard all kinds of things about Tom Brady and how he is now the GOAT because he left from this system where it was all about the coach from Bill Belichick and now he has cemented himself because he's done it without that coach. Yeah. So, I mean, Tom Brady is the shit. Are you kidding me? Uh, it, it, it depends on how you... Personally, I hate the guy. One of my favorite songs, the last line in it is, and fuck Tom Brady. But... <laughs> All right. So, so he, here's the real question. The real but question I respect is, game. He's the fucking greatest. Are you kidding me? He won seven championships. How many of those That's better than Michael Jordan, dude. How many of those championships were won with deflated balls? Oh, who gives a fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I don't care if he got to throw two balls at the same time. He did it seven times. He's had a solid a solid team supporting him in all of his his victories though as well. Yeah. A team right. of scrappers, you know. Right. I, I, I have I have always like you know, you got to hate Belichick, but I've always mm-hmm. also kind of liked Belichick. He's like oh. the fu- he's like the Vladimir Putin of the NFL, dude. I just like <laughs> I have to respect that level of evil. It's like Phil Jackson, same exact I oh, think Phil Jackson right. isn't even close to as evil as fucking Bill Belichick. Are you kidding me? I don't know. It, Phil Jackson's right. pretty Bill, evil, though. Bill Belichick's definitely he did, kind of like the He did rate Diamond Thai, the best the best uh, Asian food restaurant in Sea City. And I mean... <laughs> Is that true? Oh, it's very true. He came through Sea City and he ate at Diamond Thai. Well, that's why you like... That's why he's okay in your book, because that was your favorite. No, no. Diamond Thai is like... Th- third best oh you like thai and laos kitchen more thai laos kitchen that's right but that place is no longer existing okay also i'm a huge bulls fan but (laughs) um, yeah let's just say phil jackson he's all right all right so uh uh tick man how did the cowboys do this season oh man i don't even want to get into that uh how's their offense looking for next year I'm a huge fan. I've loved the Cowboys since I could walk. Like, grew up imitating Emmett Smith, thinking that they were the best things in the world. Well, this year, um, Dak Prescott went down. They've had all these issues trying to get him signed. So, you know, who knows what, what the future holds. They had what was supposed to be an amazing offense, but their offensive line just Dude. didn't really hold up. They're they eat shit so much harder than the Vikings this year, right? But 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 they which beat is the crazy. Vikings. So <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just saying, like both teams were just a shit show this year. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, what can you expect? You you get something good one year, not so good the next year. I mean, it's like the circle <laughs> of life, really. Um, yeah, how did how did the Vikings do there, Jerry? Uh, well, I don't know, dude. They like the first thing. I was already like going into the season, like, all right, it's COVID. Yeah. I don't really watch it like I used to, you know. The Vikings are not going to be great this year. We traded away digs. Uh, you know, <laughs> our offensive line is a mess as always. And um, their nose tackle that has never played a down for them that they just signed in the off or in the off season, like opted out because of, you know, COVID. Obviously, right. he's like had asthma attacks and shit in the past. So, uh, basically, like, the Vikings defense, the defense uh, is just, like, old and injured and incomplete, and uh, offensive line not great, star receiver gone, and uh, I don't know. 
Running so, back had a good year. Uh, Justin Jefferson, their rookie receiver, set like yeah. a receiving record. Um, beat Anquan Bolden and Randy Moss, and yeah, had a great year. But uh, you know, the team as a whole, not so good. So here's here's a question for you, Jerry. And now people are talking about like trading away Kirk Cousins because everyone hates Kirk Cousins. Exactly. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> How do you feel about Kirk Cousins? Man. I mean, he's not great, but fuck, dude. He doesn't get much help either sometimes. I mean, True. especially this year, dude. The defense has been hot trash. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're doing the best of what they can, but their starting corners are rookies, and their star defensive end is out, and their nose tackle is gone, and uh, Everson Griffin is on the Cowboys, I think. Oh, I so, uh, I, th- I think he got cut. If I'm not mistaken, it could be. I don't know. He's uh, just say he's got some mental health challenges to go along with being an aging player in a position that values speed above all else. Wait, an NFL player has mental health challenges? Huge issues. Well, he had he had them way before, like all the head injuries. Oh, okay. They just didn't didn't improve things, you know. Well, I, I would hardly. I don't know if there's ever been yeah. a head injury that but, improved. But, dude, like Everson, Everson Griffin is a beautiful human being. Okay. Um, so, just, just to get on with a subject that, that you guys may like, um, yeah. one thing that has been a huge issue mental health-wise for, for NFL players, especially players on the Cowboys, has been uh, marijuana. So, oh, yeah. We do like oh, that. Over the past... Oh, people are less depressed because they can smoke weed now? Well, well, no. Over the past three, four years, I know of at least three players from the Cowboys who have been going through, uh, jumping through hoops, essentially, because of the fact that they wanted to be be smoking pot. A couple of them have actually retired, and now that the marijuana has been legalized, they're actually uh, talking about making comebacks. Well, my understanding is that, like, the NBA, basically, it's just... Yeah, the NBA doesn't give a shit anymore. They're just like, well, duh, of course we are. We're playing basketball. We're not fucking operating cranes. Yeah, I mean, cannabis is a nonspecific medicine, but it does have, like, you know, lots of relevant uses for people in sports, such as anti-inflammatory properties, um, you know, things like it's, uh, you know, anti-anxiety. And um, and even like appetite, like just trying to keep up with the cal- caloric intake, you know, sometimes an appetite stimulant can help with that. If you're a professional athlete, I would assume. Um, I mean, Michael Phelps was like a classic example of that, right? Like the dude. I mean, I, I genuinely believe that he was partly like token because he had to eat 7000 calories a day. Like he needed to keep keep his munchies up anyway. And because why not? Being high is cool. Yeah, it's fun. And it's not going to make you a worse swimmer. So what the fuck is the problem? Right. I think I think that the NFL should uh, follow the lead of the NBA. And, you know, the thing is, though, is that, uh, well, and part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is that the NFL is kind of like an American religion. And I think that more than like saying that the NBA people can, you know, use cannabis, the NFL, that would like be a, I mean, it would be like, you know, a protestant reformation moment like it might cause a split you know like i think it would be a big deal well the nfl has been pissing off their fucking fan base for the last couple of years now right by like barely attempting to eventually do the right thing 
Right, since since the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, it's yeah. been oh, yeah, dude. A, a big pain in the butt, especially the whole, like with the everything with regard Kaepernick to the thing. the Star Spangled Banner and yeah, uh, taking a knee, and it's it's just it's been a nightmare. I God mean, could damn. you imagine to be in, in the? I can't believe there's politics in this sporting event that they're flying military jets over. <laughs> this well, is I, an outrage. I want to jump off from that to talk about COVID nineteen and the COVID season because as a college football fan. I actually it's think it's been a really weird year. Really NFL, weird. NFL was just like, yeah, we're not going to have spring yeah. tra- or we're not going to have preseason, but like obviously we're playing the games. Well, in, in retrospect for college football, I feel like um the people who were saying in the in the summer of 2020 that we just need to get on with the season and go ahead with it early rather than later. In retrospect, it seems like they were right because those teams that waited and then jumped in like the later the season is, the more COVID cases there are because it's in winter, right? If yeah. anything, they should have started the season earlier. Did they have like more injuries or anything like that or no? I'm not sure about injury statistics, but I know it was the same. A lot of people chose to sit out, sit mm-hmm. out the season. Um, well, I mean, wasn't it kind of a deal though, where like, uh, like the big 10 called off the season. They did. Right? That's right. And, but then Nebraska at some point they State. were like, <laughs> At some point, though, yeah. they were like, okay, well, we're actually going to have the season, right? Like, were they training the whole time? or They weren't, no. Um, Did players just get, like, you know, a seven-day notice that, hey, we got a game next week? I mean, it was a – I know for the Big Ten, it was, like, a, a huge political move on the part of the uh, – the, Oh, yeah, the, dude. The, I remember, the like, players, the people the around here are fucking Hawkeyes fans and Nebraska right. fans. <laughs> Yeah, people in this area were fucking pissed that they were not playing football. Well, so this is not an area that thinks particularly uh, like credibly about COVID nineteen claims in the first well, place. So. And I don't want to like make a. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dickman. So there's also been an issue with the SEC. I mean, I'm over here in Florida, and it has been insane. Some of the things that they've done uh, for football because yeah. they, they they've had issues where. Well, over spring break, people went and there was just huge outbreaks for, for COVID because people are, unfortunately, they did not think that masks were, were necessary. They get together in these huge groups. Right. And well, uh, you, well you, saw these... it, you saw it on the, in the games if you watched them on, on TV, these right, huge right. student blocks that where no one was wearing a mask. Yeah. Right. And then you have all these games that are canceled because of COVID and, and people wonder why, why is this? So, I mean, in, in these bigger football divisions, it seems like, like money is the number one concern well, aside well, from people's health. And I, let's, let's jump just from say, that. Into... Uh, I, I thought that I had COVID earlier this week again for the second time, possibly. Ooh. And I've been like not working since Wednesday because <laughs> of it. I mean, I sound like this. I sound way better than I sounded 10 hours ago yeah Uh, my boss is like basically mad at me (laughs) because i didn't come to work this week because i might have had covid that is insane so well it's only insane because you're not living in sioux city iowa yeah i'm the one being insane by the logic of sioux city iowa so depending on where you were for instance if you were i'm I'm gold bricking right now (laughs) 
Right. So, so I was sick. I fucking sound like this. Doesn't matter what I had. I couldn't fucking go outside because it's like negative four <laughs> degrees. And I literally couldn't breathe. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so, so ahead, if you work me. for the federal government, Jared, um, I have heard. Yeah, I definitely don't. <laughs> some people have. Been you guys have regulations. March until basically current. And and some of those people still aren't being able to go back to work, so they're just. That's all I want. Yeah, that's all I want. Like if I don't have to go to the office, and I can just like do whatever I want most of the time, unless I have to work. How how much how much work gets accomplished if you're not going into the office? For some jobs, I can see that. Well, for me, I mean, that's not really feasible. Right, right. right. So it, it it just really depends on what job you're in. Well, I, before we get off of uh, college football, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the, the playoffs because <laughs> unlike football both is definitely of you, not a job. You will never yeah. be paid for college oh, football no. uh, unless you're a coach. You cannot accept in which case tattoos all the money. for college football. <laughs> I mean, but, you're yeah, doesn't Bush. Nick Saban like make more than anyone else in Alabama? <laughs> for a lot of states, the highest paid public employee is the college. Yeah, football okay, coach. that's what I was talking about. But um, yeah, so the college he makes football more playoff, money than the governor. <laughs> I thought it was a really exemplary of what Tickman said that it really was about money because my team, the Oklahoma Sooners, actually had a shot to get into that playoff and should have been there instead of those dirtbag Notre Dame hipsters <laughs> or um, or the ridiculous. I mean, why the hell was Ohio State even in there? They won I mean, like just, they won three games. They basically won we've documented games. pretty well that you just have an anti-Catholic bias. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just I thought it was ridiculous because um, teams that did play a full season and which actually had really tried hard to work within. Uh, oh no, the never mind. You are you are giving me the Protestant pitch here. You know the team and they worked. They hard. worked. They just they worked, worked hard. And they, they worked they, harder. They tried to Not they just tried hard. to do it within the regula- within the regulations. Well, and yeah, the Sooners they they deserve to be there. Lesson to you. Working hard is not going to get you ahead in life. Yeah, if you have one loss and Notre Dame has one loss, they're going to go with Notre Dame, even if Notre Dame lost to the other team that's already in there. So I thought that was ridiculous. Um, And, you know, the whole thing with COVID, it could have been a time to, like, really shake things up and to see some, some, you know. I Honestly, I think uh, looking at at Bama's performance, I think that that the Sooners could have had him on that one. Um, But... That, that's enough of that. So. so so, are you advocating for a expanded college football playoff system? Yes. Let me say that immediately and clearly. I am advocating for an expanded college football playoff system. So how many regular season games would you suggest they should play before a playoff? Fewer. Yeah. They should only play conference games. There should well, be would none you of this structure the football bullshit. playoff like you structure the college basketball playoff? That doesn't seem. I mean, wouldn't no. that be more fun for everyone? Wouldn't people like, I, enjoy that more? So I obviously complete, you can't play as many games, but well, no, I, that seems ridiculous, James. You should have the same four teams with a shot at the title every year. So I completely disagree <laughs> with you, James. In in the case of so. I'm from the college that I want that I thought was like the team growing up, Mountain West Conference. You know, Mountain West is a smaller conference, smaller school. Yeah. They don't have all of the uh, glitz and glamour of the Big Ten, of the Big 12, of the SEC. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, how... they still know how to shoot free throws over <laughs> in the Mountain West. 
<laughs> right, but how can, how would you be able to do that college playoff system if well, but they are, they already do it in FCS and in, in the the lower yeah, the I lower mean, divisions. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's like yeah. the whole how on earth would we just provide healthcare for people argument? Well, I don't know. Has anyone else tried doing this? Maybe we should see. Well, and like I went to <laughs> um, a small college in Nebraska that was like a FCS Division two team, but um, they were competitive in their division. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I always the, the playoff season was longer. I thought it was more fun oh, and yeah. um, and more accessible for for people to like actually get invested in the in the stats and stuff to get yeah, into that. And you nerd could just shit. call you could just call every game a fucking bowl game if that's what it's going to take. I think well, that would be fun. Like, you could still have the same pomp and circumstance. The sponsors? Like, like so, each bowl game would be meaningful because you might get into another bowl game. Because most of the bowl games are bullshit. So, yeah, why, totally. Why, why couldn't you just go more like the high school system where you have 1A, AA, AA, 4A, 5A? I mean, as opposed to Division One, Division Two, Because with Division One, Division Two, you don't seem to have that fairness aspect you don't have teams playing on, on, Shit, on a level yeah appalachian field. state can come in and beat some michigan every once in a while that's pretty cool well i'm not i'm not gonna try and you know say that i've got all the answers or anything but i would I, I think James? that like that like with you guys with you should NFL. have all of the answers figured out for how something would be different well, I think that like a Didn't lot of you NFL know that fans, if you haven't figured everything out, you should just shut up. <laughs> I was disappointed. <laughs> like a lot of NFL fans, I was just kind of disappointed by the football season and that it was oh, man. more more uh, more I mean, chaotic like dis- than it needed to be. And no, I was like disappointed morally with the NFL, but actually, yeah. I kind of like learned to stop worrying and enjoy the COVID football. Okay, because it. I don't, it threw some monkey wrenches in there. Well, you know, I, like, I watched a lot of football. Like, hey, man, like, maybe the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be missing yeah. their entire offensive line in the Super Bowl because of COVID. That's kind of crazy. It is crazy. I mean, yeah, that's what or I'm saying. Like it could have been fucking three-fifths of it or whatever. Right. Uh, I watched. I was thankful to have football because, you know, it was some, you know, I was unemployed. Yeah. There were some boring Saturdays, hey. you know. Much like, as I talk shit about it, I am a good American. I still love football. Yeah. As much as I try not to. All right, next next kind of uh, general topic here. We're lucky to have um a like I said a, a historical subject here with us today, Tickman. Tickman, you're from New Spain. You're from New Mexico. Mm-hmm. And you know, one th- we mentioned New Mexico on our last episode. You haven't listened to it yet. But you're from a state that hasn't changed that much in terms of its demographics in like 400 years. Right. Um, one thing we mentioned was that New Mexico has always had Santa Fe, New Mexico, whether it was New Spain or Mexico or United States. Yeah, I guess and the thing I want to know is, when is New Mexico going to get gentrified? <laughs> well, like like what you're saying, Jared, <laughs> New Mexico still today has a majority uh, Latinx-descended population. The majority mm-hmm. of New Mexicans are... Well, uh, you know, Latinx people. Hey, and Colin Kaepernick is—he went to college there. Oh, I didn't know that. He was a Lobo. No, he yeah. was not a Lobo. New Mexico. No, he, he Colin Ka- Kaepernick was not in New Mexico. I would have known that, dude. I'm pretty sure he went to New Mexico. No, there there is no way that All he right. went to New Mexico. Research I, man James, what you got for us? Oh, I've got to look it up. I was going to let one of you guys do it. 
Oh shit! I thought you were quick on the keys. I, I'm over looking there. it up. Oh, he went to Nevada. Nevada. Oh, he did go okay. to Nevada. Oh, Nevada, New Mexico. That's the same thing. <laughs> they're they're both in the Mountain West. I'll give you that. Iran, but... Iraq. What's the difference? <laughs> Well, all right, all right. Mexico versus New Mexico. It's a huge difference, man. Come on. Well, well yeah, yeah. One so... of them is, you know, new, and the other one's just plain Mexico. <laughs> Everyone liked New Coke better. Well, no, so, no, no, no. I, I, man, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, uh, how long has, has your family, members of your family, been in New Mexico? Do you have an idea? And then also, does that kind of influence how you look at history? Um, I mean, so our family roots have been traced back to the first governor of New Mexico and from there back to uh, Queen Uraca of Spain. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So our, our family roots have been tr- uh, traced back quite a bit. Um, I would say that it, it depends on where you're from in New Mexico. But yeah. where we're from is, is a really small town that has... I, I guess we've retained some of those Spanish cultures. And I mean, a lot of it's different. So yeah. you, you you go to Mexico, the cultures are going to be very different from those in New Mexico are going to be very different from those in, um, in Spain. So for, for just as an, as an example, you have paella in Spain, which is a, a dish made with shrimp traditionally. Yes. And you still have that in New Mexico. You yeah. may have it in Mexico, but but it's more of a Spanish dish. Okay, son of a bitch. <laughs> See, I do know some things. <laughs> we talked about paella on our last episode. <laughs> I did like the, I don't really exactly know, but this is what I think I know, explanation of paella, and it was basically that. So, <laughs> I love paella. <laughs> It is delicious. Hell yeah. So in like your high school history classes, do they talk like, do you, when they talk about like New Mexican history, uh, where do they start from, I guess? Um, Wait, what? So, so, so that's, all right. I, I'm going to put a huge asterisk on that. Okay. You guys yeah. talked about the history of your state? Well, no, 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 no. In so, history so, class? So the deal is. Did you I take a from... Nebraska history class, James? Yes, I did. <laughs> what? Dude, I didn't learn shit about South Dakota in school. Exactly. That, that's what like, I'm talking about. I, didn't I don't learn... even think anyone knew that we were in South Dakota when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I learned all about the dumb history of my dumb state of Nebraska. Well, that's more than I got. I, I agree. I didn't learn very much about that either. Interesting. I was from a very small school, and we just, unfortunately, the education system was not up to par yeah yeah i feel like south dakota history would just be like we're not giving back the black hills so <laughs> all right so that's so, south dakota history so that's the only the, thing that matters we're not giving them back so here's the question <laughs> james you and i were definitely teaching assistants at the university of south dakota yeah jared i'm not sure if you were a teaching assistant at, oh no at any point. I was just a degenerate undergrad that hung out with all the grad students. Interesting. But what what I saw was I got in trouble for having too many jobs in the biology department. Yeah. <laughs> but what I noticed is that the South Dakota educational system 
yeah. did not really prepare people for oh, college. No, no. And I no thought, that was me. That was me. I was an idiot. I, I saw when I first same, came to the, when I first went to USD. I saw the. I same, was not ready. I saw the same exact thing in New Mexico. Okay. But when I moved my senior year from a school in northern New Mexico to a school in Colorado, uh-huh. um, it was a huge jump. Okay. Well, <laughs> the difference between South Dakota and Colorado is, like, pretty indescribable. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. In a lot of ways. Like, I just had a friend that has went to Colorado from this area for the first time ever, and her mind was literally blown by just how completely different it was the cultures are yeah very different the way so people much behave different. yeah oh try, yeah so try going from new mexico to northern california Oof. oh my gosh <laughs> you talk yeah. about mind blown yeah yeah so uh, I, well yeah you know i wanted to say so aside from just you know what you experience in history class you know as as a person with such deep roots in the landscape you know, how do you how do you like look at at your state? You know, in your home. Honestly, I love my state. I love my home, and if I ever had the opportunity to return, I I, I would be there in an instance. The there are huge cultural differences, yeah. and and one of the biggest is that you have um a, a very close familial roots. So with with myself, I'm very close with my family and my wife, who's who's from Oklahoma, very close state. But yeah. uh, it, it it's not you don't see that same uh, that same relationship. Um, sure, we have almost this matriarchal society, um, and it, and that may just be my family, but you definitely have these closer familial ties. In New Mexico, you have people who are carrying on the family traditions, who are uh, working the land. And, I mean, you guys can relate to that. Uh, yeah. Nebraska, uh, kind of. I mean, my family is like extremely patriarchal, though. Yeah. And I, I would guess, like, instead of having like strong family ties, we have like strong, like knowledge of the people that like our grandfather and great grandfather feuded with well and for me it's kind of like like, i know who my dad's enemies are i don't really know if he has friends (laughs) but like you know the enemies (laughs) i definitely know where the enemies live well and and for me i feel like um specifically neoliberal but we're german we're so like the last i don't know the last 80 years have kind of like rooted out my family from the landscape and you know like We've been part of that move to the cities. We've mm. ke- become disconnected from the land and also disconnected yeah, from each criminals. other. We've become disconnected from each other as well, though. Right. Because we were all spread around. We're all subjects of capitalism working in different, like, you know, my, my, my cousins range from, like, university professors and bankers to, you know, shitty substitute teachers like myself now. And, you know, but everyone is, like, you know, striving. And because of that, like, there isn't well, that, that's... That, cohes- that cohesion because that's we're spread also around. that same side of my family. I mean, they're also striving. Yeah. But they just don't have like the manners that you would get if right. you had moved to town. If you were a lib. Yeah. So in, they're in like town. more just like openly crude and cruel. Yeah. But my like, my family is a bunch of like definitely libs who atomized. put that underneath the lid, you know. Mm-hmm. Like if there are 
you know, like brothers or cousins in the same county that have farms. I mean, yeah, sometimes they cooperate a little bit, but it's probably more common that they're competitors. That's, like they're they're family, but they're in competition with each other. Like that's really interesting. So, like where I'm from, um, I mean, even me and my brother, we were like kind of raised to be in competition with each other. So, so Jared, where I'm from, let's just put this into perspective. I am from a Spanish community that was founded in geez in in the I think it was in the 1800s, and the settlement failed several times due to conflicts with Native Americans before it actually took. So in okay. this in this environment we were uh we were quite privileged in terms of we were able to get lands through through the land grants and you know we we received this quite privilege um per se. Wow. And and this is something that I find really interesting I mean, because I'm like... of Hispanic origin. Uh, yeah. Spanish, you guys are are more Caucasian. Yeah. So, so one thing that I've really realized recently is that even though I'm not Caucasian, I I'm still a recipient of white privilege. Well, I mean that's the thing. When people say white privilege, it doesn't have fuck all to do with your skin color. Right. It has everything to do with like who is supporting your actions in life. Well, and, and one thing we mentioned on that episode was how then when, like, uh, you know, a I've lot tried of... to find out, like, my family history in Iowa, and I've, like, traced it back to this man named Rudolph that came over here from Germany, and I've, like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the red-haired kid had a grandpa named Rudolph, totally. Uh, it sounds like he was just a despicable man. But but yeah, like like you said, um, though it's kind of like Northern European origin versus Southern European origin, but it's yeah. still a European origin. It's still based in colonialism, you know. Um, I, dude, I think I think just like temperature has something to do with how <laughs> capable of being cruel you are, like how how chill you are. The I less, mean, the less cold you are, the more chill you are. The more chilled you are, the less chill you are. <laughs> well. So, so you know, well, when I was Lauren's family came from Spain to New Mexico, pretty chill. My family came from like Germany to Iowa, South Dakota, not that chill. So, not that chill. But, but, but the point that I'm trying Having to make: Germans yeah. like typically looked down upon Mediterraneans because like they live in a too soft of a place, and it makes them too cool, basically. Right. My 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 point is that a lot of people. That that are landowners be, because of that because of the land grant think that they are underprivileged and that that's a, that's a huge thing. I thought that for the longest time until well, my okay. wife kind of pointed yeah. it out to me, and, and it was just kind of this mind opening um, experience. Because, I wouldn't say that you're underprivileged, but you're definitely put in a bad situation. Right. So you're you're from New Mexico. You're from this small town. And all of a sudden, you're you're told, yeah. "Oh, I, you're privileged. I'm privileged, but I'm trying to pull myself up from my bootstraps. I'm trying to make a living uh, doing this farming." Right. So, so right, you're so, in a bad situation. Right. You've got a piece of land that you don't actually own. The bank owns that. Right. And now you have to go and exploit this land to get profit, or else you're going to lose it. Right. And that. Was called, yeah. Privilege. It can also be 
a burden you know like mm-hmm. it's not just a uniformly good thing you know right right yeah, uh, all right any, i've got one other good thing. men's rights activist will tell you that privilege is a bird <laughs> right <laughs> hold on a second can you see him what do we got over there oh the kitty look at him just laying on the bed being a snuggle a snuggle puss <laughs> look at him oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> little cloud <laughs> doesn't look very happy with you. Look at that. Oh, he's ready at any time. (laughs) All right, so I've got one more thing, an update really here, guys. You know, when we were on the the Pooch episodes, one of the hot topics was what's going to happen with Gunlad's stimulus check. Will Gunlad (laughs) be able to buy another gun? Did did you did you list? Are, have you been up to date on the the drama with Gun Lad, Lauren? I have not. Oh God! Okay, Every so. time we're like, "Have you listened to the podcast, Lauren?" <laughs> He's just like, "I have not." <laughs> well, uh, listener Gun Lad out there um, was intending to buy a new gun with his stimulus check, and we were debating about whether whether he Might should have- get what kind of gun he should get. I might have reamed him a little bit about it. You <laughs> might have reamed him a little bit. But I have an update. I checked in with Gunlad. Very sad to say, Gunlad has never gotten any of his stimulus money. Wah, wah, wah. He didn't get his first $600. He didn't get his, or his first $1,200. He didn't get his second $600. He's got no stimulus. What un American thing has he done? Well, I'll tell you what he hasn't done is he hasn't bought a new gun. He has to be he's Gunlad is out there. I want I want people to think about this as they're lying in their warm beds tonight with their full armories. Gunlad is <laughs> gently weeping himself to sleep with his only three Mausers. Only three Mausers. <laughs> Wait, same like Never mind. Go on. <laughs> well they're different like uh uh uh, calibers. calibers and varieties you know okay he's a, he's a collector he's gun lad sure and on top of that gun lad like I, like I said i i'm not saying anything go ahead yeah. well and on, on top of that gun lad actually recently got laid off from his job in the green energy sector making oh, windmills fuck. well that's not cool so gun lad has not gotten his stimulus checks to buy a new gun he's on unemployment now and is living with his in his mom's basement and well, if he wants to move to South Dakota, get him in touch with me. If he wants to <laughs> climb some towers, I got a job for him. All right. I'll let him know. Um, I'm serious. I know somebody that can put him to work climbing towers. All right. He would probably like that, actually. He's kind of a go-getter. But well, yeah, so uh, I just want to say, you know, that's that's Joe Biden's America. We got people getting fired from their green energy jobs. We got uh, Gunlad out there. Okay. Wow. So, so, so let's back up just a second there. <laughs> um, Joe Biden's America. Yep. I, so, Joe Biden's America. I could be one of your kids. No, no, no. So, <laughs> we so got to stop with the copyright music. I'm sorry. Uh, all that I'm saying is I was impressed that one of the first actions that, that Joe Biden um, kind of instituted was 
uh, the, the cessation of fracking. So I, oh, I'm from okay. a place in New Mexico yeah. where it was the first, the, the first county to outlaw fracking. And I was so proud of that. Well, yeah. Fra- fracking is, it is terrible, as you guys know. Yeah. And, and I was just like, I was so Fracking happy. is so incredibly evil. Right. That I don't understand how, like, it should have been a thing that was, like, a thing in, like, 1805. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Somehow, we're still doing it. Right. There but, should but, be a, a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Fracking, fracking is, like, I don't know, I feel like Mark Ruffalo being <laughs> the face of anti-fracking, like, uh-huh. undersells how insanely damaging this is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fracking should have never existed. Right, but but the it fact- currently exists somehow. Well, Tickman, so you're <laughs> famously, as we know, longtime listeners of this podcast know that Tickman voted for the socialist liberation candidate, Howie Hawkins. Or no, that was and Green good Party. Good on you for it. Was it Green yeah, Party? It was Green Party. It was Green Party, Party candidate. And good on you for it, yes. Have you been pleasantly satisfied with uh Biden's performance so far? So I am not very politically motivated. Um, I just I, I just like results. Well, why and not? The, Your the, vote has so much effect on the real world. Right, but but the fact is, when Joe Biden did that, I was like, "That is my president," because wow. I was words. like, "Strong words." That somebody who will put uh, put themselves out. They're also putting a stop line. to the Keystone Pipeline, right? Which is like. South Dakota's version of that. It, it, exactly. So it was a huge deal just to know that somebody was actually willing to put themselves out and be like, hey, let's at least put a stop to this. And Is it actually, it. okay. Is it actually a thing that's never going to happen again, though? No, or it's not. is it a thing where they just, like, didn't renew a contract? Well, Because those are honest, two very different things, I guess, well, in my mind. We don't know that. But the fact is, he actually tried to do it. He made an effort. How yeah, he many did a people thing. have yeah. made an effort? Totally. And, and that, that is huge to me, to see that this well, president is actually... I mean, I'm sure that, like, Nevada and New... You're not from Nevada. You're from New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that Colin Kaepernick also knows the difference between those places. But, okay. <laughs> what I'm saying is... I would assume that, like South Dakota, possibly New Mexico is not a place that is mentioned by many presidents very often. It was mentioned by Trump. If if you recall, Trump said something about New Mexico. Well, okay, I guess uh, what I'm talking about is before Trump sent back to Mexico. (laughs) Well, well, and yet many New Mexicans supported him. We all know that history is very fun. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. to learn about <laughs> right so but but my 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 point here is that i was impressed that okay. joe biden had the stones to do something like that yeah. because in standing up to the oil industry that is a huge step because the oil yeah. industry holds so much money no, i mean i, yeah, I, I so agree no no, no let i me agree ask you i guess uh i'm, sorry, I'm just <laughs> isn't it like really sad that we have to be like impressed that someone did something that 
might upset the oil industry. I mean, sure. Yes. I feel like this is at best a very, not like not even a half measure, but like, thank God someone somewhere is actually pretending like any of this is an issue. All right. So, you know, we got gun lad listening out there. Only, only three Mausers. Okay. Gun lad is, you know, he's on the political left. You know, he's learning about Marxism and stuff. He likes our show. But he is not a supporter of Joe Biden. Well, I mean, I guess he, historically, if he is on the left, he's probably going to be trying to collect some more Mausers. Right, exactly. Um, <laughs> All right, never off mind. Off the corpses of his enemies. That is, <laughs> that is not the kind of joke that I've been trying to tell. I'm trying to get better. That was a good one. Um, I liked it. Um, <laughs> well, that's, it was that's a good violence, history, James. Um, but yeah, you know... Tick man, you're sitting next to your gun cabinet right now. Are you concerned at all about any, uh, like, you know, any uh, pot- potential infringement upon your your gun rights from the Biden administration? You know, well, I mean, like, fuck the Biden administration. What happens if you can't make your rent next month? What's going to happen to your guns? Well, I'm just saying, for for the sake of gun lad out there, I want to know what Tick man thinks. Take me. Right. Go. So, so James and I were were in the same predicament. We were in at University of South Dakota pursuing our PhDs. We were going to gun shows, thinking, you know, we would like to get guns. There was no way that that we could potentially afford these yeah. guns, you know. But but we wanted. Them. Oh, you didn't just like have family members that had like a shitload of guns. But why does that matter? If our family members have guns, they're not our guns, and we're not using those guns. If why did we want guns? James and I wanted guns for hunting, so yeah. you know that's that's one one way of thinking of it. All right, Other let, people let me, uh, want guns for um, collecting, for, right? Right for collecting, yeah. uh, for investments. Other and, people and, want guns for target shooting. Well, well and, so, and tick and, and I mean tick I, I take umbrage with like buying anything for an investment, but like Well I know Tickman has a all few the rest very of nice things. rifles. Yeah, totally. Right. So, and, so and I shot guns with you. Gunlad is a historical collector. That's why he's buying Mausers, is because he wants to have these historical pieces. No, that's cool. Actually, my I have a cousin that collects firearms. So, so we collected. So we, I understand that. Yeah, we pole- we collected a pre nineteen hundreds Winchester lever action rifle. Very cool. And, and we did that uh, entirely for an investment. So yeah. At, okay. At, well, let me just. Let me just ask you a question right here. You're talking about investments, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any, uh, like, I don't know. Stocks? Rage against oh. <laughs> a certain group of people that may have investments no. around the world and the global economy? No. Okay, well then you can probably have quite a bit of guns. It, exactly. It, it's an investment. So, so well, that, that's well, interesting though because Gunlad obviously is not loving what's happening with Biden. Gunlad, you know, is well, who is? But but that's <laughs> the thing is Gunlad has rage at you know the the global money delete, which I think is oh. interesting. You know, well, which ones? Uh, this, the ones that we talk about on our show. You know, like uh, the industrialists, the bankers, the people who are you know. Um, Oh, manufacturing those guns. 
Well, and that's one thing I've talked to him a little bit about is that you don't have a lot of those newer guns in particular unless you have, you know, a global capitalist system. But with, you know, collecting guns, it's a little bit different. And, you know, yeah, under capitalism, this is what I I guess I'm saying is that, you know, gun culture is just another commodity culture. It has nothing to do with policy. I guess what I would say is, like, right now, under capitalism... Gunlad doesn't really sound like he has much of a choice in what he likes. Yeah. It sounds like he needs to like work mm-hmm. because he's going to get no quarter until he does. Right. And he's, yeah, I mean, like I said, he's he's living with his mom. He's laid off. Um, oh, I'm sure he is. Yeah. But I think, you know, guns could be a good avenue for him to explore, though. Like, he could gunsmithing, I think, is going to be a profession that'll be imminently i mean you can't automate that right like it's going to be a job for the next Wait, what? several centuries how do you think most how do you think most guns are made manufactured yes but worked on and upkept you just you can't do it via automated oh, processes people would just buy a new one sure they can't people can't but, afford maintenance anymore that, that's not true jared so so it depends People who are investing in these antique firearms, they put in thousands of dollars of investments to just get their their firearms up to whatever standards they want. I mean, sure, but that's so, like so, the, so we, that's like the vast minority of gun owners. Uh, I I tend to disagree with that. If if you go into say collecting of Winchesters, the majority of those are going to be looking for pre-1950s Winchesters. And, and I mean, you can get them at, at fairly reasonable costs and you're seeing like 10 to 15% increases per year, which is huge, which makes it a great investment. Uh, I mean, it, outside of gold, silver, This podcast does not give metals. investment advice. <laughs> Nothing on this podcast No, but I was thinking like, holy advice. shit, 10%, that is a pretty good investment. <laughs> exactly. So, so what are you? So, what are we buying here? <laughs> so the, these are Winchesters, old lever action Winchesters. Despite my best efforts, I've actually become pretty good at this whole life thing. So, <laughs> well, I, we I just buying? I think it's very interesting. <laughs> I because between uh, Tickman, Gunlad, Jared, and myself, I'm the only one here who voted for Joe Biden, and I feel like I'm extremely disappointed so far. Even though I, I acknowledge both, that there's been incremental progress, I both progress. talk shit about guns and hate Joe Biden. <laughs> And, and yeah, and then, um, you know, Tickman didn't vote for Biden, but he's pretty satisfied with how things are going. And Tickman has, I think, more guns than me and Jared combined. And then Gunlad's over there, and he's just like, you know, yeah, he's he's a kid. Um, he's, well, yeah. still, he's still a youngster, James, but you... he's like, he's, he's completely disconnected from the political system and sees only a threat from Biden. And is basically in a situation where he doesn't see that. I mean, he's not getting the stimulus checks. He's literally not receiving the material benefit of this administration. Dude, and this was the fucking thing that Bernie was talking about. There are going to be a lot of people in this country that got a stimulus check from Trump, and they're not going to get one from Biden. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that and makes tick, sense. Tick, or, uh, and Gunlad didn't get either. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I can say this. Um, I, I am surprised that I was able to get that stimulus check. I mean, I, I'm a PhD holder. I have a good job, yeah. but I was still able to get that stimulus check. 
I was quite surprised that I was able oh, to yeah, do that. I got them too. When there are other people who are I've been not... open on this podcast. I spent them on music lessons and a wood lathe. Yeah. Not um, bills. Well, I, I, I just think it's, you know, since we're all historical subjects, you know, in, in a thousand years, people might like dust this off from the records and be like, let's see, you know, what the, the proletarians were saying about... You are so much more optimistic than I am. <laughs> I don't think electricity is going to exist in a thousand years. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, of course, we have a whole legion of under undergraduates working on inscribing every word that we say onto a stone tablet right now. So that will hopefully last, so long as it's not exposed to weathering. Yeah, I think we'll, we're we're all going to get wiped we'll out by disease. In, we'll go put it in Lauren's parents' backyard. <laughs> We'll go to New Mexico. No, Tickman's right. It's disease. disease the the, is the challenge this. is trying to navigate the, I, I guess, the perils of nature. Yeah. Because nature is trying to balance itself. We as humans, unfortunately, are way up. And, and we need to be balanced out. Well, you're so making the, an appeal to nature, which I don't... I think we need to be really careful about here, Tickman. I mean, as you know, there is no... Singular well, entity I don't know if he's really like trying to argue that we should be going to some natural state. I think he's more saying that like overpopulation. Right. Well, I mean, there, I feel like Lauren capacity. is more saying caring like, capacity. Uh, yes, caring capacity. Yeah. So, so, so there, there's a set caring capacity, and the Earth cannot support more than than that caring capacity. Once you go above caring capacity. Other things such as our resources are going to start yeah. to go down. Well, and I think and, it's not just about population. C- carrying capacity is really more about resources than population. And we're using too many resources. It's exactly. not necessarily that we have too yeah. many people, but we're using too many resources. Well, totally. we, we do have too many people. Do you know, like, do you know how many normal, like, do you know how many people in like, I don't know, sub-Saharan Africa can live for what I can live for? Yep. Because well, it's probably like 10 or 12. I mean... It's more than that. I think the problem is probably. how we distribute the resources, mainly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, given what we talk about on this show yeah. all the time, you know. but That's uh, what I'm saying. Like, I understand that my lifestyle is not something that, like... Yeah. Everyone can have. So are you considering the system that we're in currently as socialism? Oh, No. <laughs> No, no, no. There are some oh. aspects that have redistributive qualities, but I'm saying that under oh, some sorry, the, non-capitalist system, the like, you conceit have... of this podcast is that everything is ridiculous and this well, system our, cannot last. Our description so, is that we're documenting the like the interaction of capitalism and Earth systems, and I think that's what we yeah. do. Right. So, so, so I, I'm going to preface that with saying that. I have always been brought up in uh, under the mindset that, that socialism is bad and we do not want socialism because we want our freedom. Yeah. And, 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 socialism? And, you didn't and, hear and, shit and, about socialism. You heard about commies, right? <laughs> well, no, well, right. But, if I didn't hear uh, shit about socialism, I damn sure heard about commies. Okay, but, but th- there is a certain dogma with socialism that socialism and communism are kind of lumped together. Yeah, well, we know all the about same that. thing. It's interchangeable, obviously. 
But but it's something they're two different words, but they definitely mean the same thing. Yeah, Tick Man, this is old hat for us. I mean, I think all our listeners, everyone was kind of raised in that same echo chamber of like, oh, socialism bad, communism bad, capitalism good, free markets good, right? Yeah, and also like, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Yeah, but. (laughs) The home edition. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So before we run too long, I just wanted to wrap up with a few shout outs. Um, Shout out to Tyler, the tax man, uh, who is working the front lines out there at uh, Kroger supermarkets through the whole pandemic. And also Tyler's union, United Food and Commercial Workers Local 7, which represents over 22,000 people up and down the front range. Uh, I mean, they they are front line employees during the pandemic. Very cool. Shout out to Tyler. Also, shout out to the person in Ireland who just found our show and downloaded a bunch of our episodes. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. No shit. Well, statistically, Seamus, I (laughs) welcome you onto our podcast. Uh, Tickman and Jared, shout outs. Go ahead. Tickman, you got anything? Uh, I don't really have any shout outs. Just uh, all I can say is congratulations to... Um, I guess to the scientific community who have really uh, started making exponential leaps in terms of tick-borne disease lately. Um, to just the scientific community in general, who has really been uh, doing a good thing or been doing good things lately. I just hope that they can continue to uh, to do good work. Let's hope they get some more funding now under uh, the Biden administration. Right. Right. Yep. Let's hope that more scientific pursuits get more funding. I think that's right. a good thing. Uh, Jared, shout outs. Shout outs. Um, shout I would like listeners. to shout out to uh, my fr- my personal friend, Ava, of the Purple Palette podcast. She came to Sioux City this weekend and uh, participated in an art pop-up that nice. another one of my friends put on. And... Uh, I just, uh, she had a pretty good day sales wise, but it sounds like she also had a pretty good day otherwise. Right on. Which, uh, you know, New that's homeowner. the dream, right? New homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it sounds like things are going really well for our friend Ava. Yep. She'll need a compost pile. <laughs> she will most certainly need a compost pile. Um, I already. Like committed to coming up and helping them fix their house and however they need to. So, right on. I'm really excited for them. I'm really thankful for my friend Jess, who is like turning her passion of doing street art into something that may possibly get her paid by the city of Sioux City. Well, that'd be awesome. Which is, it's exciting, you know? Um, it's exciting that I have a friend that is trying to do what she wants to do and make a living out of it. And I'm also excited that possibly the city that I call home is willing to invest anything in the arts. All right. Because they are damn sure not doing it through the schools anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get it where you can get it. And, uh, most of all. I just want to say, like, just thank you to all of my friends who make existing in this world 
a little bit better. Yeah. Well, and and thank you so much to our guest, Tickman. Yeah. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Lauren. You. Dude, it's been so good to see you. Yeah, you it's too, been man. so long since I've seen you, Lauren. This has been great just to, you know, give us your hot takes so we can get that dialectical yeah. synthesis because, you know, Jared and I, we have a lot of fun, fun debate, but it's been great having a third. Not a third totally. wheel at all. You're, <laughs> you're going to come back and we'll actually talk about tick-borne diseases. Sounds we're going to have Next you on time, talk about though, Lyme disease and bubonic plague. That hey. works. Like they've always said, the best relationships are built on deceit. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. This has been our episode on Lyme disease. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Compost Bin of History. Email us at compostbinofhistory at gmail.com. Someday one of you will. I know it'll happen. And uh, I'm okay with you buying a gun this week. <laughs> After this week, never again, but this week, buy a gun. All right, gun lad, you got to get on. <laughs> scrape, scrape some money together. Okay. All right, thanks, everybody. All right, thank you, guys. <laughs>